0: Support for this broadcast of Two Rivers 30 Minutes comes in part from a grant from Strifler's Family Funeral Homes. From two- It's so strange in a country that is so wealthy in so many ways and has such an abundance of of resources in so many ways that there are people who don't have enough to eat or don't have enough quality, good, healthy, nutritious food to eat. One of the charities that has been trying to address that in the Pittsburgh area for the last several years, it's a model that they have now uh, taken regional, is 412 Food Rescue. Uh, but they've faced, I'm sure, some specific challenges with the COVID-19 pandemic. We're going to talk about what 412 Food Rescue does, how you can participate and get involved, and also how they've responded to the COVID-19 pandemic. On the line with us this morning is Sarah Sweeney. She is Senior Director of Advancement at 412 Food Food Rescue. Good morning, Sarah.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: Well, thank you for taking some time to, to talk with us this morning. First of all, g- give us your website and uh, the, whatever our the best way for people to get in touch with you food is. foodrescueorg Okay, 412foodrescue.org. Um, t- tell us, first of all, a little bit of the history of 412 Food Rescue. You've been around for several years now.
1: Correct. Um, actually, this year we celebrated our five-year anniversary, Um, And we've been hitting a few um, notable milestones this year. But basically, our organization was created in response to the fact that 40% of our food supply goes to waste, while at the same time, one in eight people are experiencing food insecurity. So while we have this plethora of food that is being manufactured and, and farmed, there is so much of it that's perfectly good, but for whatever reason is being wasted and directed to a landfill while wow, so many people are going hungry and experiencing hunger throughout um, the community.
0: You, you know, it's not funny. So many of us grew up as kids with, with our mom or dad or or grandparents telling us, you know, clean your plate, don't, don't waste your food. Forty percent of the food is getting thrown away. Is that from supermarkets, from restaurants, from people's homes? Where is all this food waste coming from?
1: It is from different parts of the supply chain. So there's obviously waste on farms. Um, There is waste in the household that we know how often do you buy groceries and you don't get to them and they go stale or you throw them out. But our organization is pretty much focused on that retail chain, Um, grocery stores that are pulling produce off of shelves because it's maybe starting to get close to a expiration date, or it's not maybe looking as fresh and as ripe as newer produce. So a lot of these companies will remove that stuff from the shelves, and it may not be a large quantity. We're talking a couple boxes of produce, and it doesn't make sense for food banks to be sending trucks, and this product doesn't necessarily have a shelf life. To be stored in a warehouse until it's distributed weeks later. So where we come in is utilizing technology and uh, civic engagement. So we mobilize volunteers like you and I, um, utilizing a mobile app called Food Rescue Hero, letting them know when a food rescue is available. And it could be at a local Giant Eagle, and it might be a box or two of produce. And the individual will be directed where to go to pick up that food. Um, and then where to take it to drop it off so that people can have access to that food and eat it.
0: Uh, Sarah Sweeney is director uh, or Senior Director of Advancement at 412 Food Rescue, uh, 412foodrescue.org. Uh, you can follow them on Facebook and Twitter, and, of course, uh, you can find the app in the Android store or in your Apple uh, iTunes store if, if you'd like to try it out. Um there, there is a there's a commercial that's running on TV right now, and it's for some vegetable or produce service where they talk about ugly vegetables that you know that, that they're perfectly good, but they don't look the the very pretty apple that you get you know in the in the photo uh, in the advertising or the very pretty perfect uh, what, whatever kind of vegetables. Is, it, is that some of the same thing too that you guys are getting from from supermarkets?
1: Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Awesome. So and I will be completely honest with you because I've done food rescues myself, you will pick up the food and wonder why was anyone getting rid of this? So, yeah. definitely food. It's not, when I say getting near close date, you know, um, nearing expiration, maybe not as fresh, you know, we love to see and we've gotten so used to seeing green bananas on shelves. Uh-huh. But these are bananas that are probably perfectly yellow and in a day or two is probably going to get brown. Oh, sure. So, this is not. Spoiled food in any means. Um, so this is products that you know we've been programmed to see perfectly overripe items on the shelves, and these are things that are maybe need to be eaten in a day or two or three. Yeah, um, that companies want to remove from the shelves. So yeah,
0: where where do you say that this, uh, the four one two food rescue is now five years old? I have seen your trucks all over the place, but maybe some people haven't. Where did the idea for this initially come from?
1: So, you know, food rescue isn't anything new. There are organizations across the country, a few of which we actually support through our technology model, um, doing this. And it's really to kind of address the fact that this food ending up in landfills is providing long-term environmental damage to you know, the planet. Mm -hmm. And so why not, (laughs) when there's so much food available that's being thrown away, but perfectly good to eat, can we not redirect it to communities where they need food so that we can start to address hunger? And I think that's, you know, where we've tried to set ourselves apart a little bit from a traditional food banking model. And we're making sure not only that we're taking this food that, people see as waste that is edible and perfectly good food, but we're taking it directly to where people live. So unlike what you imagine with a food pantry distribution, we're working with organizations to make sure that we're getting the food in the hands of people. They don't have to go to a separate distribution event and wait for the food to be handed out. Okay. We're taking it the same day. So when you see our trucks on the road, Um, You know, a portion of the food that we get from some of our food donor partners, large suppliers and wholesalers, is going to multiple public housing communities in a day to distribute food so the people that live there can access that food
0: it's sort of the the just in time delivery model that we know from the retail chain that that makes places like Walmart and Amazon so successful right that you mm-hmm. know they, they immediately match you know this item has to go to this location and they can immediately match it with computers this would not be possible then without the smartphone app that you you have
1: Yes, and actually, not only does it allow us to manage you know, and increase our food distribution capabilities, but it really makes volunteering accessible to anyone that's out there. We have over 10,000 people that have downloaded our app here in the Pittsburgh region, and we have over 2,500 people that have done at least one or multiple rescues. Um, We've actually seen a huge uptick in that since March, when COVID started to have its impact on the community, um, because we see it as a very solitary volunteer experience. You're basically taking an hour out of your time and driving maybe five miles to go pick up food um, at a store or um, similar business and deliver it to a nonprofit organization. There is very little to no contact involved with all of it. And yet over the course of five years, we've recovered over 11 million pounds of food that would otherwise end up in a landfill.
0: That's it, all from the Pittsburgh to area. It's
1: harmful gases and, you know, create long-term effects on our environment.
0: Excuse me, that's all from the Pittsburgh area. 11 million pounds of food, all from the Pittsburgh area.
1: Yes, yeah, since 2015 when we launched. Um, and talking about our app Yes it allows us to rescue more food but it allows us to do it much quickly okay. quicker than we have in years past. Yeah. When we launched in 2015 a lot of it was outsourced through social media and you know getting people to go out and do a food rescue and now you can do it whenever you have free time available. Lunch break, morning commute, weekend Any of those things, and you can just open the app, see what's available. If it's near you, if you're willing to maybe take a little bit of a drive to a different community, a neighboring community, and all of this has had a tremendous impact, 11 million pounds in just five years.
0: So so, we have to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about because sometimes people are worried if they're going to volunteer, they're worried about that time commitment. I want to talk about what that time commitment is. I think you've already alluded to it, if you have an hour or two here and there. And and also then talk about how this has evolved during the, the COVID-19 pandemic, okay? Okay. Sarah Swaney is a, a Senior Director of Advancement at 412 Food Rescue. You can find them online at 412foodrescue.org. You can also follow them on Facebook and Twitter. We'll be right back. Support for this broadcast comes from Strifflers Family Funeral Homes. Since eighteen sixty-six, Striflers has provided compassionate professional memorial services for families in White Oak, McKeesport, Dravosburg, Portview, and the surrounding areas. Striflers offers comprehensive pre-planning services and aftercare. And through its affiliated company design monuments, Strifflers also provides permanent markers and memorials crafted in stone, bronze, and other high-quality materials. Learn more at Striflers.com or call forward. 4- one two six seven eight six one nine one. Sarah, am I correct in remembering that was your group originally founded in in Braddock, or am I misremembering that?
1: really started out of an overabundance of food that was being thrown out at a Costco, that at the Braddock Free Store, they were able to rescue that food and distribute it to the community. And since then, that whole model has really snowballed, and we're working, you know, throughout our region with Giant Eagle, um, Trader Joe's, Whole Foods, a number of wholesale distributors and manufacturers, um, and really anyone that may anticipate having surplus food, even down to, and I know this isn't as frequent now with COVID, Mm -hmm. um, but events, large-scale events and conventions, um, hotels, catered events, those types of things as well.
0: There is also now, for our listeners who are over in Westmoreland or Washington, there is a 724 Food Rescue now, correct?
1: Mm -hmm. Correct. So in 2017, at the end of the year, um, we really announced our first wave of expansion there to really serve the five contiguous counties surrounding Allegheny County. And we branded it as 724 because that is the area code Good. in so many of those communities. But our work has really been ongoing since then in Beaver, Butler, Washington, Westmoreland, and Fayette um, counties. And there is a great need there. You know, we really drove much of that expansion with Giant Eagle, who has a presence in those areas as well. And really, over the past couple of months, with our increased activity as a result of COVID-19, we have done more distributions in these areas as well.
0: So so that's really going to be of interest, I think, in in not just to our listeners on 810 and 1550, but to folks who are in the northern panhandle of West Virginia who may be listening to us on uh, 88.1 in Bethany. Sarah Sweeney is Senior Director of Advancement at 412 Food Rescue. Uh, you can find their website, 412foodrescue.org. A lot of times when people volunteer for something, they get concerned or maybe they hold back from volunteering because, oh, I don't want to go to meetings. I, I don't have a whole lot of time. I'm a working mom. I'm a working dad. Uh, I'm very busy. Maybe I'm working juggling more than one job. What's the time commitment that you're looking for here if, if someone wants to participate in 412 Food Rescue?
1: So, as I mentioned before, a lot of the food rescues are very accessible, more so in Allegheny County because the frequency is just more is a higher frequency opportunity um, just because there are more establishments that we work with. I would say about an hour. Um, I actually live in Westmoreland County, so I've done food rescues that may take up to 90 minutes because I might be driving a couple mile, miles farther than someone living, say, in the city of Pittsburgh. Um, it's a very easy Opportunity for people to get involved in. I have worked at nonprofit organizations for over a decade now, and all of us rely on volunteers for one need or another. And I will tell you a lot of times, uh, volunteering requires you to fill out a lot of papers, um, maybe go to an orientation, um, and there's only a certain set schedule. The great thing about this opportunity is that they're available seven days a week, pretty much 365 days a year. So it typically can fit into some type of schedule that you have. And I have actually gone on food rescues with my child. I have a six-year-old son, and he comes along with me. It's a great learning opportunity for them to see oh, this food was going to go into a landfill, and now we're sending it to people who can actually eat it and use it and need it. So, um, like I mentioned, very quick, easy. It's as simple as downloading the app, doing a registration through that app, um, and picking out an opportunity that fits into your own schedule.
0: So, um, So there's no special skills here needed either other than being able to drive and having access to a car
1: correct and we have worked with different organizations like Zipcar to accommodate people especially like college students or whatnot that may not have their own vehicle um we've seen a lot of people do this as like a joint effort we have a lot of mothers that you know they're Taking care of their children through the day, and they are taking their kids on sure. rescues to A lot of retirees, so it really kind of fits into pretty much
0: anyone's schedule. This it's it sounds very similar to me in many ways to um, these ride sharing apps like Uber and Lyft, where you know if you have time to if you want to participate and you have time to be someone's Uber or someone's Lyft, you do it, and if not. You turn the phone off and you go back to bed.
1: (laughs) Uh, Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So there's no pressure. Um, It's really, you know, whenever it fits into your schedule. But I will say, like, everyone doing their own part has really contributed to so much. That 11 million pounds, over half of that has been moved and rescued by individuals like you and I that are just taking an hour or two out of their time, to go
0: and do a food rescue. Uh, Sarah Swaney is Senior Director of Advancement at 412 Food Rescue. How, so, who notifies the app then that food is available and who notifies the app that there is a need for a food distribution? So, you mentioned some of your your retail partners, Trader Joe's, uh, uh, Whole Foods, Giant Eagle. So, Giant Eagle is registered in the app and they say, hey, we have th- this amount of produce and it didn't sell and can you come get it? Is that basically how it works?
1: So we actually have staff that work to develop relationships with different businesses, including those like Giant Eagle, that understand what their schedule for a surplus food donation might look like. Um, Some organizations might only have one available on a weekly basis. Okay, Um, Those like Giant Eagle have them available sometimes every day of the week. Um, it just depends on what, you know, their business is like, and we set that up for them, and we'll be notified by the business that maybe a donation is not available on a particular day, and we won't publish that on the app. But there is also an opportunity on our website if a business has a donation and they're looking to to um, work with 412 Food Rescue to make sure that food gets into people's hands if it's left over from an event or whatnot, um, there's a form on the site that, that a business can fill out to notify us of an available donation. And then we'll work with them to mobilize volunteers and place that donation with a nonprofit partner that is adjacent to where they are located.
0: Let, let me ask a very foolish question. If If you are one of the food rescuers how do you know where you're going? You know, you, you, you're told, okay, I'm going to Giant Eagle at such and such shopping center or such and such address. Did, are they ready for you? They're they're waiting for you. And, and where do you go in a case like that? Does the app yeah, tell the you?
1: App will provide um, instructions on okay. where to go when you arrive at the at the business to pick up the donation. Um, there's an integration feature with mapping software. So if maybe you're traveling to an area that you're not as familiar with, maybe you know the Giant Eagle location, but you don't know maybe the housing partner that we're delivering it to. Sure. It will tell you directly where to go and who to notify once you reach the location, either to pick up or drop off, and so- who to let know that the food donation is available
0: to them. We, we have one more 30-second break to take. When we come back, we're going to talk about the specific challenges of COVID-19 and how uh, 412 Food Rescue has been addressing it, okay? Great. We'll be right back in 30 seconds to wrap things up. You're listening to Two Rivers, 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media, Incorporated. If you've got an idea for someone who you'd like us to interview or a question or comment, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Welcome back. Our guest for a final few minutes is Sarah Swaney. She's Senior Director of Advancement at 412 Food Rescue. You can get the app for free on the Google Play Store or from Apple's iTunes Store. So, in March of this year, everything changed. Everybody's life got upended. I, 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 this is such a large question. I don't even know how to get into it with, with you, Sarah. How has COVID 19 changed? How four one two food rescue picks up food and sanitizes food um, how has it changed how you distribute the food, and has it increased the demand let's start there How, how has the demand increased for four one two food rescue
1: Well, the demand, like with any organization, has increased based on the fact that so many more people without throughout our region have uh been facing unemployment so that's you know the first and most obvious uh, change that we have been hearing from the community and the demand that we're seeing. I will say, you know, our volunteer process was already fairly solitary to begin with. We're okay. Not um, working in large groups and doing things uh, that we would have to eliminate or shut down all volunteer activity. Uh, food rescue, like we mentioned, is done in your vehicle. Um, you're maybe going into a business and picking up and then taking to an organization and dropping off. Uh, We did, however, make some immediate changes to our mobile app, Um, certain sign-off processes where maybe a nonprofit organization had a representative sign on the app. When you were closing out the food rescue, we've eliminated a lot of that and relied heavily on um, sending texts to people or calling them when you arrive to make sure that you're not interacting. Um, The same with pickups, asking a lot of our businesses to bring the food out to the volunteer's car or making sure that it's, you know, no contact at all. We're also, you know, following all CDC guidelines and encouraging our volunteers, if they don't feel well, they've been exposed, um, or they're in a vulnerable population, to to stay home from volunteering and to wear masks if they are volunteering and utilizing hand sanitizer and whatnot. like I mentioned, we've seen a huge uptick. We had over a 1,000 people just in March alone. I think it was around 1,300 actually downloaded the app. So people want to do stuff. Okay. They were unemployed or maybe working from home, yep. had a little extra time, and they overwhelmingly came to us saying that they want these opportunities. Um, so our volunteer activity has remained very strong throughout this whole period and we couldn't do what we do without them. So we're grateful for that.
0: You, you, um, you've just answered the next question I was going to ask you, which is, do people tend to stick with this? Do, or do you have people who have been in and out of 412 Food Rescue helping you since, since the beginning? I mean, um, do people have fun doing this? I guess is, is where my question is going.
1: Yes, actually, you know, when I mentioned we just hit the 10 million mile, ten million pound milestone okay. um, in probably early June, we did a feature. We have a handful of volunteers that, you know, that alone have <laughs> accounted for over 100,000 pounds in food donations. They're doing this day in and day out. And while maybe they took a pause because they were ill or they were part of that vulnerable population, they are back at it. Um, So we have a really great core network of volunteers that, during this time, we've seen them even go beyond what their typical involvement has been. Um, We launched a number of new programs since March to really kind of adapt to how COVID is impacting our region. Um, You mentioned restaurant closures. Yeah. We started a program called Community Takeout where we were working with a number of local restaurants and sourcing donations from the community to basically underwrite meals for people in the community and utilize those restaurants and pay them for those meals and then use our volunteers to do um, home delivery. Um, So many of the nonprofits that do uh, distribution like you are typically familiar with Mm – have been forced to adapt as well. They may not have volunteers accessible. They may uh, their volunteers may be older and be told, you know, to stay home at this time. And we've been working with some of those nonprofits to make sure the food is reaching people that are homebound, seniors. Yeah. Um, People that might be ill, kids We're who maybe depend home on free uh, to support a lot of those organizations.
0: I'm sorry to interrupt families who, who you know with small children who may depend on on the free or reduced school lunch program or the school breakfast program who are not in school right now.
1: Yes, that's a great um, that's a great point. We actually have been working with a few school districts, including McKeesport, um, to do school meal distributions via bus stop. Yeah. Um, because what we were seeing is that many of these grab-and-go sites are not accessible to sure. people. Uh, children don't have access to transportation, or it may be too far for them to walk. And so we were working in many of these school districts to do uh, food distributions at bus stops. Um, we have three, actually, in McKeesport that we're doing throughout the week so that kids can go to certain locations or a family member and pick up meals. Um, and help to support them during this time.
0: We are just about out of time. And one thing I haven't asked you about, uh, Sarah Sweeney is a Senior Director of Advancement at 412 Food Rescue, is th- there is a cost to this. As you mentioned, it's not all volunteers. You have staff now, uh, including yourself. So w- where where is the funding coming from, and, and is there a way for people to help? I mean, do you take donations, for instance? Yes,
1: we do. We rely heavily on individual donations as well as support from our foundation community and through different funding contracts like um, government entities. Um, We know that this is a hard time. At at the start we were seeing an overwhelming response from individuals in the community helping to support our work. Um, We are, you know, like every organization, preparing for what that's going to look like over the next year. Um, We know that this isn't ending anytime soon. And so, you know, we're working to ensure that our services in the community are not interrupted in any way because we know that there's going to be an increased demand for food access in the coming
0: months. So, so if they want to donate, go same thing, go to your website 412foodrescue.org?
1: Yes, there is a button at the top of the page, give money, um, and you can help support that way. Um, We also have a number of organizations or individuals that might want to raise money. Um, One of the great things is, you know, peer-to-peer fundraising. We've had a lot of people step up and do fundraisers on Facebook, um, host special events. We've had some businesses maybe making masks or selling certain products providing proceeds to us, and so we're really uh, grateful for any creative solution people might want to do to support us, not just outright donating the money. Although that's great, not everyone can honestly right.
0: do that. F- final question. You've expanded to 724 Food Rescue. Has this model gone anywhere else? Is there an 814 Food Rescue, 717 Food Rescue, 909 Food Rescue? I mean, has has anybody else picked up on on your app and on your model? So
1: um, we're working with our technology in Philadelphia. Cleveland, um, Northern Virginia, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and most recently launched in Vancouver. Wow. Uh, to support food rescue there. So it is a successful model that has been impacting hunger and food waste throughout the country and even into Canada now. Um, So we're really proud of the work that this technology and model can do in other communities.
0: Sarah Sweeney is Senior Director of Advancement for 412 Food Rescue. You can read all about it at 412foodrescue.org. That will also get you information about uh, food rescues in the surrounding counties around Pittsburgh, uh, so-called 724 Food Rescue. You can also download the app from Google Play Store or from Apple's iTunes Store. Sarah, thank you so much for taking a little bit of time to talk with us this morning.
1: Thank you for
0: having us. And thank you all for listening this week to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport. So long for now. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple's iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, McKeesport, PA, 15134. You can email us at tubecitytiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412 614 9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online.